What a start to the quarterfinals we've been treated to. On Tuesday, Juventus brushed aside Barcelona 3-0, largely thanks to an Argentinian superstar of their own. Here's Dybala with a strike, and it's 2-0 to Juventus. That left foot again of Dybala. Then on Wednesday, Monaco seized the advantage in Dortmund, while also in Germany, the holders came from behind to beat Bayern, and it was you-know-who at the double. And it's through the legs of Manuel Neuer from Cristiano Ronaldo, who makes it 2-1 to Real Madrid here. A second away goal for the Spanish league leaders, number 100 in European competition for Cristiano Ronaldo. And in Madrid, last season's finalists, Atletico, edged out the English champions, Leicester City, by a single goal. Griezmann scores, no doubt whatsoever. Schmeichel can't repeat his heroics from the previous round, and it's Atleti that lead. Stay with us for all the reaction from the week's quarter-final first leg matches. We'll hear from Miralem Pjanic, Carlo Ancelotti, and Thomas Tuchel. That's all to come right here on the official UEFA Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by UEFA.com's European football expert, Paul Saffer. Paul, delighted to have you with us after another fantastic night of football in the UEFA Champions League. It wasn't a fantastic night for the city of Madrid. Of course, two of the last three finals have been Real Madrid against Atletico and they both won tonight. Real Madrid coming from behind, Atletico keeping a clean sheet at home against Leicester City. And that's that. They're both looking very good for yet another possible final showdown in Cardiff. Uh, let's go through all the Weak score lines from the UEFA Champions League in the quarter-final first legs. On Tuesday, Juventus got that 3-0 win over Barcelona. On Wednesday, in the rescheduled match from Tuesday, Monaco won 3-2 at Borussia Dortmund. Bayern won at Real Madrid 2. It finished in Munich. And Atletico won Leicester City 0 as well. Uh, it has been another absorbing night of football in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, with Bayern and the Holters, Real Madrid playing out a fascinating encounter at the Football Arena Munchen. Adam Summerton, watch this one. Corner for Bayern into the area. It goes, oh, what a header! Arturo Vidal powers it home. The very definition of a bullet header. Ribery gets his shot in. Big appeal for handball. Penalty Bayern. Nicola Rizzoli pointed to the spot. Keylor Navas in all blue, dancing on his line. Vidal strikes it well over the crossbar. He got right underneath that. Arturo Vidal. They always score, and they're on the attack here down the right. Into the air. Ronaldo! They have scored! Cristiano Ronaldo! First time from inside the area. The ball from the right. And the team that always score have scored. Cristiano Ronaldo, was he tripped there by Javi Martinez, who is on a yellow card? 
And there's a second yellow card for Javi Martinez. And that's a red card. Asensio with the early cross in. And good ball too. And it's through the legs of Manuel Neuer from Cristiano Ronaldo, who makes it 2-1 to Real Madrid here. A second away goal for the Spanish league leaders. Number 100 in European competition for Cristiano Ronaldo. Bayern 1, Real Madrid 2. Well, another incredible goal-scoring uh, goal milestone for Cristiano Ronaldo. 100 European goals now alongside uh, myself, Rob Daly, and Paul Saffer is our commentator for the game, Adam Summerton. Uh, Adam, would Bayern argue that Real Madrid deserve their 2-1 their victory on the night? Yeah, I think they do, particularly for the, their second-half performance. Um, they really did look to take the game to Bayern uh, when they came out for the start of the second. It was actually Bayern players who were waiting for Real Madrid at the start of the second half. They were a little later coming out than Bayern, but... It was Bayern were fantastic at the start of the second half, really applying the pressure, got that early goal and um, never really dwelt on, on a first half where they could have easily been further behind than they actually were. And um, I don't know what was said at half-time by Zinedine Zidane, but he deserves credit for it because it worked. Uh, it certainly did. Uh, Paul, late, Bayern, despite going in at 1-0 up at half-time, I feel if they hadn't missed that penalty... If there hadn't even been that penalty, there would have been a greater mood going in, but they were slightly deflated as that came right on the whistle almost from Vidal. I mean, Vidal himself was distraught really at missing that penalty. I mean, it was a horrible attempt. It was well over and yeah, having been just so delighted with his fantastic bullet header to put them ahead, he, he walked off uh, in great high dudgeon, it has to be said, and that seemed to continue on to the start of the second half. It seemed... They seem to be a very low mood. Also, the fans as well, who'd been buzzing for that whole of that first half, when even when they hadn't been on top, have been delighted. That great opportunity, mind they it, it really got on top of them, and then conceding the equaliser right at the second half, when they might have been able to, if like settle, they weren't given that opportunity, and it all, it all unraveled from there. How big was the red card? Well, I think that it meant that it really restricted the opportunity to threaten for Bayern. So in that respect, it, it was significant uh, and it came with a long time still to go. I think it was around half an hour of, of the second half. And it just, it not only restricted um, Bayern going forward, but it, it also invited pressure from Real Madrid, who, who really should have scored more goals than they actually did. So as, as much as they'll be feeling disappointed Bayern to go to Madrid's trailing, they'll know that it could have been worse. I mean, it made two big differences as well. First of all, they withdrew Alonso so they could bring on Bernat to replace Martinez, and that meant they weren't getting on the ball nearly as much as they did in the first half, and possession flipped over from Bayern dominance in the first half to Madrid dominance in the second half. But also, it was Martinez who'd been watching Cristiano Ronaldo relatively successfully in the first half, and it was Juan Bernat who ultimately was caught out by Ronaldo for that vital second goal in the end. So... That was also a huge consequence of that red card. And the other consequence, of course, is that Martinez is suspended next week. And of course, was Hummel's injured as well. That's uh, a big a big problem for Bayern. We're still going to have to keep it tight to the back, even if they search for goals in Madrid next Tuesday. Paul, do you want to break down Ronaldo's uh, numbers in terms of European goals now? Because, as Adam mentioned, in your way for club competition now, across all competitions, he has 100. Yeah, he's the first 200. He's beaten Messi by three. Messi had been catching up this season. But ultimately, Ronaldo's made it to 100 with Messi stuck on 97. Of those, 97 have come in the UEFA Champions League proper, which is also a record. And 10 years, 10 years and two days before his 100th goal, he actually got his first goal. It took him 30 games to score in the UEFA Champions League before he did so eventually for Manchester United in that 7-1 win against Roma. That was the first 10, days and two, 10 years and two days later he got the second. That's 97 in the UEFA Champions League proper. One also in the qualifier for 
for Manchester United and also two UEFA Super Cup goals. They're the 100. A staggering achievement again from Ronaldo and, and in particular, Adam, that, that first finish, the goal for 1-1. Yeah. For one, one. I mean, yeah. you, you don't actually see many players who are capable of, of doing that kind of finish. Yeah, to hit it first time in, in that way. He's not even, he's facing away from the goal. The cross is from the right from Carvajal and Cristiano Ronaldo. If you imagine the pitch, they're attacking the goal away to their left. He's looking at the stands opposite him from where, he's looking in the direction from where the ball has come. And he's to be able to improvise and, and hit that first time as he did. It's, as you, you rightly say, it's a, there's not many players can do that. And in him, in him and Messi, I know it's been said a million times before, but we're witnessing two of the, possibly even the greatest footballers this planet has ever seen. Some great saves from Neuer uh, over the yeah. course of the evening as well. Uh, Adam, a quick one. Real Madrid, firm favourites now to progress. Yeah, absolutely. They are, they are firm favourites. It would take quite a turnaround, particularly at the, the Bernabeu. But, you know, we've seen stranger things happen and it is only the one goal. Uh, although we should stress that Real Madrid have two away goals, which we all know can be, prove extremely significant. Adam, thanks. More from you later on, and we'll get Adam's man of the match as well from Bayern 1, Real Madrid 2. Also on Wednesday night, uh, Leicester City travelled to Madrid to face a formidable Atletico side. Dan Roebuck, watch this one for Matchday Live. Atletico Madrid coming forward once again. Griezmann will play it to the left-hand side. The shot from distance strikes the post and ricochets out. Koke with a howitzer that nearly caught Schmeichel unawares. Atletico Madrid so close to the opener. O'Brien looking to try and take on Juan Fran here. Still O'Brien does get the cross in. Okazaki just can't get there. Big chance for Leicester. Griezmann picks up the ball just inside his own half and races through on the left-hand side. He's got Fernando Torres in support. He's got Carrasco as well. Brought down inside or outside the penalty area. He's pointing to the spot. And it's Atletico Madrid that have a penalty here. Griezmann against Schmeichel. Griezmann scores. No doubt whatsoever, Schmeichel can't repeat his heroics from the previous round. And it's Atleti that lead. Well, Leicester come away from Spain, 1-0 down on aggregate, much like they did against Sevilla uh, in the round of 16. But no away goal for them at the Calderon. We can speak to our commentator for this one, uh, Dan Roebuck. Now, uh, Dan, Atletico, despite the, the narrow margin, will surely fancy their chances of getting this done in England. Yeah, they've done it before. They've done it on a number of occasions. They don't need to score an awful lot of goals. They've got through via penalty shootouts in previous years, of course, against the likes of Bayer Leverkusen and uh, PSV as well. So we know that they don't go hunting three, four, five nil successes. They don't try to put the game to bed in a way that most of us would think that they could do and, and should do. They were patient in the second half. It did change in the second half because Andy King was brought on for Okazaki who was withdrawn by Craig Shakespeare and there wasn't the same amount of room for Antoine Griezmann to operate in. He got between the lines a little bit for Atletico Madrid. He was dropping deep. His average position was very interesting. He was feeding the likes of Koke and Carrasco who had a really good first half. And look, Leicester will always believe on their own patch in front of their own supporters because we've seen it in Europe this season that they'll have a chance but boy this is a real big ask because Atletico Madrid as we all know on this show and all our listeners know as well they are canny and shrewd operators. I mean there doesn't seem to be any real change to the way that Atletico go about business I think I think you mentioned it during commentary that maybe they had to take a bit more of an attacking initiative given that Leicester was sitting deep but it's Simeone's 
built the same strong team year after year after year in this competition. Indeed, and it works better away from home sometimes, doesn't it? Certainly yeah. against teams like Leicester. You know that Leicester are going to have to come for Atleti, and you know that the likes of Griezmann and Koke, they're going to get on the ball. Gamero might be fit for the second leg. It'll be interesting to see if he uses Angel Correa, who's got a bit more pace these days, I think, uh, than Fernando Torres, who was relatively subdued. Just one opportunity uh, for him in the second half. And I think if Atleti do what they do, so up pressure, play exactly the same way as we've seen them in big European games and it will be a big night in the East Midlands in England for the second leg. They'll soak up pressure, they'll do what they've done to better teams with respect to Leicester over the last few years. They've knocked out the likes of Bayern Munich of course in recent campaigns and Barcelona as well. Look, they've got the know-how and it's going to be an interesting game and it's going to be a fantastic second leg but Leicester really have it all to do despite the narrow margin of victory tonight for Atleti. What do you think about Leicester because of course it just as Bayern could be missing two two first choice centre-backs that could be the case for Leicester as well. This is going to be massive isn't it and you're referring to Robert Hooth here because he along with Wes Morgan were the mainstay last season for Leicester's improbable Premier League title triumph and they were hoping they could do something similar in the UEFA Champions League and we know for certain that Robert Hooth is not going to make it because he picked up a yellow card Antoine Griezmann just spun away from him certain yellow good refereeing and Wes Morgan's had this back issue that's kept him out over the last five games now will he be ready to play they might have to patch him up and get him out because without those two it's going to be so so hard and we have alluded to this Atletico are good on the break Leicester are going to have to come forward and it's not just about Atletico keeping a clean sheet because you fancy that Atleti will score and one final thought really when it comes to Leicester they've got to score goals and they are the lowest goal scorers in this season's competition yeah, it's not going to be easy for them at all to turn this one around. Let's hear from their manager, uh, Craig Shakespeare. He was asked whether he was happy with the 1-0 defeat. I think we'll take the 1-0 before the game. Obviously, um, it was hard work today, physically, mentally. It was a very hard game for our players. We have a good record at the King Power. The tie is still open. We'd have liked an away goal. Um, but we know that we're still in the tie. We have to create chances. We know we have to score. So we have to make be at times take chances. Um, we, we again, it, we have to be solid. We make sure that we know that Atletico Madrid what they're like in terms of how they are. But we have to be ready for this. Uh, so Dan, how do you rate Leicester's chances of, of getting past Atletico? They've all always got a chance. Um, they are good at home this season, uh, but they've not come up against the likes of Atletico Madrid. They beat Sevilla by two goals to nil, and they will look at that and they'll think, look, we've got to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of the best sides in Europe here, uh, a side that's made the UEFA Champions League final on a couple of occasions, haven't quite got the job done. But that game against Sevilla will give them hope. The fans will give them hope as well. And we know they've got attacking talent in the likes of Vardy and Mahrez. They've got an opportunity. I would say that they would progress from this situation uh, once in every five attempts. OK, Dan, thank you uh, very much indeed. Atletico uh, with a 1-0 win against Leicester in the UEFA Champions League. Our final match to review from Wednesday's action is the rescheduled encounter between Borussia Dortmund and Monaco. It finished 3-2 to the away side after two goals from teenage sensation Kylian Mbappe. Let's hear from losing head coach... Thomas Tuchel. We showed a lot of character, a lot of courage, and I'm very, very proud of it. We won second half. 
Unfortunately, we, we made another present and uh, lost, but okay, still alive. It's not over because we, we, we showed reaction and we hopefully be ready next week. Paul, I can't help but feel that Dortmund really lost the game in the first half of that one. Two down at half-time and Fabinho had even had uh, time to miss a penalty, his first in 16 attempts for Monaco. As I say, you wondered if that was a, a chance gone, but then Mbappé pretty soon after that put, put my head with, with his fire, really. It was a bit of a lucky finish, nothing lucky about his finish in the second half. But before that, there was the Sven Bender own goal. Of course, Bender, the player that came in because one Bernat of the injured his hand in the incident that occurred on Tuesday night. And Dortmund may be a little bit affected by that. There was a great atmosphere within the stadium, but nevertheless, it was hard for them to go and play after all that happened. That may be, I mean, we know Monaco are great. They scored three away from home against Manchester City. They were three to up against Manchester City at one stage in that first leg as well. And they, they, they let that one slip. Didn't let the slip tonight, but they say at 2-0, Monaco all over them. Then at half-time, Dortmund made two changes. Christian Pulitzic and Nuri Sahin both brought on and immediately made a huge difference. Osama Dembele leading from the front. He was having a great half, even before he did pull one back on 57 minutes. But they were caught on the break. Kylian Mbappe, the first teenage... I mean, Dembele, another teenage. First time two teenagers to score in the UEFA Champions League knockout game. And Mbappe... So, Scoring again, take Cookie's goal so coolly when he was through on goal, staring down Berkey after a mistake. The ball was given away by Dortmund from the edge of the area, just coolly curled it in. And luckily for Dortmund, Kagawa, who'd made the first goal with his determination, then scored the second goal. Some great footwork inside the box to get it back to 3 2, and at least give Dortmund some hope when they go to Monaco. But Monaco holding all the cards with a 3 2 lead at home next Wednesday. Uh, Leonardo Jardim speaking after the game of the Monaco head coach says Mbappe is always going forward in his development. He's in his second year with us working hard. He understands what it's all about and we're pleased with his performances. Uh, he did not play in Angers last time out in order to be fit today and he did look fresh for this game in fairness. He says I think he will reach a very high level. I always keep saying to him you'll only improve through hard work and we'll try to keep him on this way. There, there seems to be Real composure about Kylian Mbappe. And, and it, I mean, there, there was a mistake in the back from Dortmund for that third goal, Piszczek giving it essentially straight to Mbappe before Socrates could get into possession. But the, the cool head he showed for a teenager is, is staggeringly good. Absolutely. I mean, this was a man that, unheard of, I mean, he won the under-19 championship with, with uh, France last year and played in the UEFA Youth League for Monaco, which he could have been playing in this year, but has graduated to the UEFA Champions League and... As the season's gone on, he's been brought in and become more and more important. We saw what he helped to to Manchester City. Now he's done it to Dortmund as well on the verge of UEFA Champions League semi-final. It doesn't seem to phase him, mate. I mean, that's obviously the advantage of being young, that you can sort of take it into your stride. The pressure hasn't had time to get to you. But as you say, he's handling every situation he's been put into fantastically so far. And he's left from the front there on the day when Radamel Falcao really didn't really make an impact for Monaco. It was all about Kylian Mbappe. Uh, obviously, the game is delayed by 24 hours because of the security incidents on Tuesday night, and they were without Mark Bartra, who we've seen photos of, and he's OK. How impressed were you, were you with the fact that Dortmund were able to get together, put in a performance that the fans, you know, and the Monaco supporters as well, put on a, a wonderful atmosphere for the game? Why well, do you say? I mean, there were, of course, Dortmund fans putting Monaco fans up when they had an unexpected night stay last night in Germany, and the, the atmosphere was great. And I think Dortmund, in the, in the circumstances... You can give them a lot of credit for it, particularly then at 2-0 as well. They could have folded. They didn't fold. They came right back. We saw they had a, on Saturday, they'd had that 
defeat by Bayern. They'd gone down 4-1. That was a hard defeat for, for them and knocked them out of the top three in Germany as well, which is so important, getting a UEFA Champions League group stage place next year. Then they found themselves 2-0 down at half-time against Monaco. Could have been more, but the half-time changes were made by Thomas Tuchel, a, such a visible presence on, on, on the bench as well, on the sideline, urging them forward. And on the balance of the second half, they could well have ended up equal or even ahead there. Maybe unlucky to be 3-2 down in the end, despite having been outplayed so much in the first half. OK, next on Match Day Live, we have analysis and reaction from Tuesday night's quarter-final between Juventus and Barcelona. Dizemos não ao racismo. Nein, sou o racismo. Nein, til racismo. Não ao racismo. Nein, til racismo. Não ao racismo. Cristiano Ronaldo, Manuel Neuer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Vincent Kompany, Caroline Segar and Lionel Messi are just a few of the European football stars saying no to racism. European football united against racism. Respect. You're listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. You're listening to Match Day Live with Paul Saffer and me, Rob Daly. Let's turn our attention to Tuesday's quarter-final first leg, a heavyweight clash between Juventus and Barcelona, a repeat of the 2015 final. Juve's 23-year-old superstar Paulo Dybala stole the show with two goals before a wise old head cemented the Italian's advantage. In comes the corner, deep to the back post, headed in! Juventus have a third goal, and it's Giorgio Chiellini, an unlikely scorer because that's only his second UEFA Champions League goal since October 2009. Uh, Juve will take a 3-0 lead to the camp now, but midfielder Marilyn Pjanic has warned his teammates that the job is not done yet. Barcelona, they have incredible players. They can uh, score to who they want. So we have to be um, organized in the, in the second game and uh, try to score. And uh, there we have to, to play very well because we know uh, that uh, Barcelona can do what they want in, uh, on, on this field in Barcelona. They are a big team and uh, we know it will be difficult. So we have to do another good game to, to pass this term. Paul Saffer, what impressed you most about the Biancaneri's win against Barcelona? Well, obviously, the finishing of Dybala, those two early goals, really knocked the stuffing out of Barcelona. Although, after that, they did have a little bit of a good spell. But then another thing that impressed me, of course, Gianluigi Buffon. <laughs> Just more and more, more and more great saves. And, of course, Kylian with that. But Juve had been built from the back. The fact that they frustrated Barcelona so much, Barcelona just couldn't find a way through. That's what then set up. And... Barcelona knew from the start, and just to, for Dybala, we talked about a young player in Kylian Mbappe before. Dybala is a bit more experienced than him, but still pretty young at 23, and he made sure he took his goals very well early on, and that that really has left Barcelona leaving yet another huge comeback. And although it's not numerically as big as their loss to Paris Saint-Germain, I'd suggest it's an even bigger task to turn that one around on Tuesday than the 6-1 win they needed against Paris. Well, the Italian press were raving about Juve's Performance, La Gazzetta dello Sport, uh, with the headline Immense Joy on their front page. And they talked about um, Dybala's sensational form at the moment, La Joya, uh, meaning Jewel as well, which is his nickname. Um, sensational from Dybala. The composure he showed for his two finishes show 
you know, th this is a player who is, it would appear to be peaking, hitting the, the level that many have expected for a while. I mean, we knew about that. I mean, of course, Juve have other attacking options. Higuain was have been the man maybe starring a little bit more recently, but it's Diabale came to the fore against Tuesday against, against Barcelona and, as you say, took those goals very well indeed. And so early as well when, you know, that's often when you see the rustiness from forwards when they've maybe not got the feel of the game yet, but it was no problem for him at all. And on, on a huge night, and Juventus, so many people talk about this could be their year, that now all the pieces are in place for them, particularly after the addition maybe of Higuain, the fact that people like Chiellini are still going from and Buffon, of course, mm. now broken the record for European appearances and got over now a thousand games in his professional career. And all the ingredients are in place and they start this season more slower than usual, I'd argue. But as the season's gone on and on in Serie A and in Europe, they've got better and better and better. And it's all about that April-May period. That's when you win UEFA Champions League. That's when the big games are, the quarterfinals, semifinals. Well, okay, the finals in June, but that's when you have to hit form and looking like a team in really, really top form, peaking at the right time, finding, you know, really getting up to speed at the right time. They've not, they've left something in the tank for this vital, vital period. And it probably helps as well that the Serie A title seems to be going their way fairly comfortably as well. I just can't see a weakness in this Juve mm. team. Every single department, uh, they're very and strong. And backup. No, yeah. There are some teams, we've talked about by and the fact that missing Lewandowski, maybe there wasn't backup there. I'd say all over the pitch, apart from maybe Buffon, there's backup if players are missing. Certainly. Barcelona, meanwhile, can take comfort from their incredible comeback against Paris Saint-Germain in the last round. But head coach Luis Enrique knows his side face a daunting task after another disappointing display away from home. I feel like I'm reliving a nightmare, and that's a sad place to be as head coach. To give away three goals to an opponent like Juventus has cost us dearly. And yes, I am feeling a great deal of sadness. I am 100% responsible for this, and it hurts. Now I have to take the time to rest and then to start planning another recovery. It is reliving a nightmare for us, but that's football. Well, will they relive the dream? That's the question. That was their 6-1 win against Paris Saint-Germain in the last round. Um, Paul Saffer, you, you can't write them off. No, of course not, after their record-breaking comeback. Uh, Enrique announced his resignation after that first one at the end of the season. I don't know what else he's got to do after this one. But the truth is, they're coming up against the Juventus, Juventus team that concede very, very few goals in... Buffon's whole 170-match European career has been very, very few matches where he's led in three goals, and that's going to be the problem. Paris, Paris Saint-Germain have not been quite as consistent a team. They were a team that could be vulnerable. Of course, they needed to score three goals in that last minute. Neymar having an inc that incredible effect, but can Lightning strike twice? Can they do it twice? It's hard, going to be harder against Juventus than against Paris, even though it's one goal fewer. Uh, so the likes of Monaco, Juventus... Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid have all won their games, the second legs of the quarterfinals, and we'll have all the coverage here on Match Day Live Tuesday, the 18th of April, and Wednesday, the 19th of April. Bayern beaten at home by Real Madrid. Carlo Ancelotti defeated by his former employers. The performance, my opinion, was good until the red card. The first half, um, my opinion, was good. We could stay 2-0 up and... The result was uh, really good, but uh, after that, uh, we have to accept the defeat. Uh, fortunately, we played only 90 minutes. We have to play 90 minutes in Madrid. It will be difficult, but we have a team with, with quality. Tonight, we didn't show all our quality. I hope that we can show our quality on Tuesday. We are still alive.
Carlo Ancelotti there speaking um, after Bayern's defeat. Adam Summerton, he said it there, the, the red card, he says, was the decisive moment. It played a part. Um, whether it was absolutely decisive, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. Right. Um, I think that, that I know the team that was in the ascendancy before the red card. Um, look, his side have, have got a, a very difficult situation and the red card didn't help. But I think that Javi Martinez, and you said it yourself, Rob, that maybe a player of his experience showed um, almost a lack of experience there because yeah. um, it was a challenge perhaps he didn't need to make knowing he was on a book. Adam, your man of the match and the game and why? Um, I can only really give it to Cristiano Ronaldo, Connor, because <laughs> yeah. not just did he score yeah, exactly. two goals, but he has also reached yet another landmark, 100 European goals. is an incredible achievement. Paul Safi, your man of the match and Dortmund, Monaco. It's hard to look beyond Kylian Mbappe, particularly the cool head for that vital third goal. And Dan Robart, man of the match from Madrid tonight. Antoine Griezmann won the penalty, converted the penalty and drew the foul that got Robert Huth yellow carded. That means he will miss the second leg. It's Griezmann for me. Uh, Dan, thank you very much indeed. That's all we have time for here on Match Day Live after two more enthralling nights of UEFA Champions League football. On Tuesday, Juventus avenged their 2015 final defeat to Barcelona with a 3-0 masterclass over the Spanish side in Turin. Then on Wednesday, the holders Real Madrid came from behind to beat Bayern 2-1, thanks to a landmark brace from who else but Cristiano Ronaldo. And in Madrid, Leicester City paid the penalty by slipping to a 1-0 defeat to Atletico, while Dark Horse's Monaco seized the advantage with a thrilling 3-2 win over Dortmund in Germany. Kylian Mbappe with another major night in the UEFA Champions League. A reminder, join us again on Match Day Live next week on Tuesday the 18th of April and Wednesday the 19th of April for the conclusion of the quarterfinals. We're going to find out who will make the final four of this season's competition. Until then, from Adam Summerton, Dan Roebuck, Paul Saffer and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. In comes the corner, deep to the back post, headed in! Juventus have a third goal, and it's Giorgio Chiellini! 3-0, they lead Barcelona. Griezmann scores, no doubt whatsoever. Schmeichel can't repeat his heroics from the previous round, and it's Atleti that lead. Corner for Bayern, into the area, goes out, oh, what a header! Arturo Vidal powers it home. The very definition of a bullet header. They always score, and they're on the attack here down the right. Into the air, Ronaldo! They have scored! Asensio with the early cross in, a good ball too, and it's through the legs of Manuel Neuer from Cristiano Ronaldo, who makes it 2-1 to Real Madrid here. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.